0: Welcome back in to another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. Day 12 of full team practice has officially wrapped. There's a light one today in St. Joe on Saturday as the Kansas City Chiefs head into an off day on Sunday. So not a ton of action at today's practice. But let me welcome in the lead analyst of Arrowhead Pride, Ron Cop Jr., who is joining us today. Pete Sweeney passing things off to Ron on a Saturday, trying to take it easy on a a light Chiefs practice day. But uh, Ron, how was it up in St. Joe? How hot is it today? It actually isn't that bad around the
1: Kansas City area. No, it it, it wasn't bad here today either. We had a little sun cover, um, so that was nice. It's always nice because I usually get a little sunburn when I come up here. But no, you know, little, little unfortunate. You know, I'm I'm here mostly on the weekends. No practice tomorrow, and we have a light one today, but. I definitely did have some things to take away. So we got some stuff to talk about. Started.
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll start things off with the uh, video clip and the Kansas City Chiefs social media team knows exactly what they are doing with this clip. But uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes behind the back pass to Sky Moore uh, in what looks like a design screenplay for the Kansas City Chiefs that I'm sure is going to set uh, NFL Twitter a buzz all afternoon.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, I was on the far side of that play uh, from an end zone angle, and so it's kind of hard to see, you know, the, once the linemen stand up, you know, you can't really see Mahomes back there, and all I could, all I know is is the crowd on that other side that had a better view, just, it was a huge, whoa, like, you know, something really <laughs> crazy happened, and I was like, what, it was just a little bubble past the sky, I couldn't tell what happened, It was. Just, yeah. I thought it was a jet sweep or something, yeah, Mahomes, just magic Mahomes doing his thing. I think that was the first time that we've seen it in an actual live period. I could be wrong. Uh, someone could correct me, but I mean, that was a live team period. It was not the starting defense, but it was a, a collection of second and third stringers. And, you know, it was all 11 players on the field. So might've been a first to see that, that kind of, uh, in, you know, in action in a, in a real play like that.
0: Yeah. Um, we're going to see that in a game. Like, it's just going <laughs> to happen. Um, and, and it's going to happen probably at, at a time that Andy Reid does not feel very comfortable with Patrick Mahomes making that decision. But I think we see it enough in practice. And he's obviously getting more confident about it that he's going to bust it out in the middle of of legit like full speed team drills. So it's going to happen in a game. We know it. He, he's already done too many ridiculous things in live action NFL games where people are trying to take his head off. He's gonna do the behind-the-back pass, and I can't wait for it.
1: Well, and honestly, it, it, it's kind of you can you can imagine it, right? Like in the play you saw, like yeah, it's just guy come on a bubble, like that's pretty easy. It, you know, I mean, we see, everyone's seeing that little training video of you know with Bobby Stroop him doing it in the indoor workout facility. You know, him kind of tossing behind his back to a guy on the run in that kind of angle. That's easy for him. I, I could I could see him definitely doing that whether he expanded past that, I I don't know about that. Uh, but I I think that's where you're going to see it. A little swing pass to the flat, just like it was today.
0: All right. We got the behind the back pass out of the way. Now let's actually talk about the stuff that matters from chiefs trading camp on Saturday. Uh, Not on the practice field. Mike Dana, tight end Jody Fortin, Chris Jones still absent. Uh, Cornerback LeJarius Need also out of practice as well as wide receiver Kadarius Toney. Uh, But we did see Jalen Watson return to the practice field. He was an excused absence on Friday. And Charles Amenahu was on the practice field after missing yesterday. But we haven't really had a chance to talk about this in depth yet with Charles Amenahu after it was announced uh, late yesterday afternoon. He has been suspended for the first six games of the NFL regular season. He will be available uh, in week seven for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this is something that stems from a January incident when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone knew the suspension was probably coming. It was just a matter of how many games. And now the Chiefs need to get Chris Jones in the building and get that situation figured out. But they know for a fact Charles who will not be available to them for the first six games of the season.
1: Yeah, and, it, and it, is, it, it does suck because this Chiefs pass rush really does need, you know, a mini Hughes impact uh, along with Chris Jones, uh, you know, from the inside. You know, that's the thing. The strength of the pass rush this year really was going to be on third downs and they could deploy Jones and a mini who next to each other. You know, a center can only pick one of them, and, and whoever he does, obviously mostly Jones is going to terrorize that guard. And and, and that's what a mini could do, and you're going to miss that for the first six games. And especially because, you know, on the edge rush right now, you you know, we've seen, I've, you know, I've reported good things seen from FAU and Karloftis, but, you know, you mentioned Dana, you know, someone that, you know, still hasn't come back to practice in a while. You know, you know, something, you know, health is obviously a concern there. I'd like Malik Herring, but, you know, and he was running a little bit with the starters today in certain pass rush packages, but, but no, it is a big, it is a big blow to a team that, you know, is already pretty young on the edge. You know, Menehue, You know, he, he was mostly going to be a snap eater on the edge, right? I think, you know, a pretty good run defender on the edge right away. But really his impact was supposed to be, all right, like, you know, him and Jones on the inside, or maybe if Jones is on the outside, even as an offense or as a defensive end on certain plays, Omini that inside rusher, he really, that really is where he's good. And, and they're going to miss that the first six weeks. They, they're gonna, they, they were going to use it or need it with the edge rushing uh, group, you know, kind of needing to develop as the season goes.
0: Yeah, and again, the Chiefs knew this was probably coming down at some point. It was just a matter of how long the actual suspension wound up being. So, again, no Charles who for the first six games of the regular season for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they'll have to figure that out. Uh, the first time he'll be available is week seven against the Los Angeles Chargers. So it's going to be a little bit before we get to see him fully deployed with this defensive line. And you mentioned it. We haven't even seen him with Chris Jones on the field yet. (laughs) Like (laughs) uh, I I would like to see what that looks like. He was their big free agent acquisition. And we know Chris Jones is the superstar of the defense. I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm starting to get a little worried uh, about the Chris Jones situation. And I think at the start of training camp, I was not worried about it at all. I was like, they'll get, they'll get it figured out. And now it's like, I don't know if they're if we're coming to a conclusion anytime soon. Obviously, he's going to play for the Chiefs this season. He's under contract for one more year. But you want to see them get an extension done. And now, no Charles Amenahu. we really need to see Felix in, in this preseason, I, I think, really step up and, and kind of show some stuff. And we've seen some things from him now that he's starting to get worked in more often. We know what George is, I think. And we can feel confident about George's role. And hopefully, he takes another step as a, as a second-year player. But... I think Felix is the big question mark in this defensive line right now.
1: Right, and I and I think his you know his ceiling you know in his first year may not be that high to meet in my opinion. You know, I think he's he's going to be someone that needs to develop you know over time. Is going to need that time, but you know I do think you know you're seeing something in practice maybe today that I noticed that that may be reflecting and kind of maybe your fears in the Omenihu suspension. I'm seeing Spaggs, you know, get very, very creative with his with his packages, especially his dime packages, which is, you know, dime refers to six defensive backs on the field. We've seen Spags use that on third downs and pass downs with, uh, you know, uh, three cornerbacks and then a, a third safety to, to add to those guys. And then there's only one linebacker on the field. Well, you know, rarely does he go to a three down lineman set where it's, it's actually only three defensive linemen and two linebackers instead of the four defensive linemen and one linebacker. He was working quite a bit of that today, which which what that does uh, is just put only three down linemen, has two linebackers, Willie Gay and Nick Bolton, able to make plays, or Drew Tranquil uh, as well. He's working there at times. But it just gives you kind of, you know, it just gives the offense a little bit different, uh, something different to think about. And I even saw one package where it was just the edge rushers as down linemen. And and actually the the, the guy kind of threatening the center over the guards was Willie Gay, the linebacker, and there was a fourth safety in there, uh, Deion Bush, actually. So that, that tells you that Spags is getting – creative, he's getting crazy. This, you know, this kind of stuff maybe has always been, you know, in the back of his playbook, maybe. But you know, to be honest, I've been a training, you know, I've been here at training camp. I don't go to every single practice, but I've been here for for you know the bulk of the spagnolo era writing for AP and and you know he works on the stuff that he does, you know, in in walkthroughs in in the games. He works on he works on that stuff. And 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 so you know he hasn't traditionally done a lot of the uh three down linemen dime sets. It just might be another wrinkle to kind of help the pass rush uh, or, you know, just kind of help the defense overall, like, you know, make opposing quarterbacks think for a second longer, just kind of have to have offenses, you know, kind of second guess themselves because Spags is darn of something, you know, another layer at him that they weren't expecting.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting. And I think that, you know, we know about spags, like he's going to experiment and he's going to try things. And so while this is an ideal, not having Chris Jones in training camp, knowing Charles and is going to be suspended and Mike Dana being injured and, really all the injuries that they have on the defensive side of the ball, even though they got some guys back today. Um, we know Spax is going to play around and, and, and kind of test things out and tinker with things and see what works and see what he could actually try to deploy in an NFL regular season game. So I, I think that's really interesting to see how this chiefs defensive line continues to shape and, and mold itself. And the secondary is, is something that I feel like, and, and, Coming into training camp, I was very confident in the Chiefs' defensive line. I was very confident in the Chiefs' secondary. And then all of a sudden, they're kind of have the injuries piling up, and, and we're seeing a lot of guys rotate in and out. And Echo Boydo, who was a guy that I didn't think had a chance of making this roster, is all of a sudden getting significant training camp reps for the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just mentioned how Spags, you know, when he does walkthroughs, right, he, he does stuff that he's going to do uh, potentially in games. Well, it was significant today that uh, Jalen Watson actually was someone I think that got sacrificed so Boydo could, could run with the first team in walkthroughs and then into the team periods as well. Although you know, late as 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 time periods went on, you know, Jalen Watson did mix back in. So it's not about Jalen Watson. I think it really is that uh, Boydo uh, they wanted to get him reps. They wanted to get him in the rotation. Wanted to see how he did, does. And we've seen Spags do this with the young DBs, right? You know, where he does want to throw the individual. In with the rest of the starting defense, um, just to see how they react. I mean, he's talked about it. You can hear him talk about it in press conferences in the past. But, you know, it was just noticeable that, yeah, they were willing to sacrifice Jalen Watson's, you know, running with the ones, you know, his work with the ones. So Boido could maybe get some run. And I also do think, you know, it could be a compliment to Watson that, hey, look, you know, we we know you know this scheme, We know, you, you know, you know this defense. Obviously, this whole group, we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. Everyone's fighting for spots. So Watson is going to want to be, Get as many starting reps as possible. But at the same time, I look at it more as just they wanted to see what Boido could do and and Watson was just the guy maybe that they felt like uh you know rotating out. I think Joshua Williams uh, missed practice recently, or was it Jalen Watson in missed practice recently? I could have that wrong, sir, you could correct me, but, yeah. but J- just the Jalen,
0: say- Jalen Watson missed yesterday, but it was an excused absence. It wasn't injury related.
1: Well, and then and then maybe that's the you know the reason too. Boydo, uh gets rotated, you know that's the he, the reason he gets uh, the guy instead of uh, you know anybody else. But all that to say, Boido working out with the first team that's that's that means something with Nazi Johnson's injury. There's a room, there's a spot at the end of that cornerback spot.
0: Yeah, and he's somebody that Pete has mentioned several times uh, that it seems like he's having a really nice training camp for an undrafted player who. It's kind of a long shot to make the roster. It seems like the Chiefs like what he is doing, and he is getting an opportunity there to possibly make this Chiefs 53-man roster once we get into preseason. We're only eight days away from the preseason game, That even though it feels like we've been in training camp for months <laughs> at this point. Uh, but before we get out of here, Ron, we got to do a wide receiver room check-in. How'd that, how'd that group look on Saturday? Anything that you took away from the Chiefs young pass catchers?
1: Yeah, maybe a note that doesn't necessarily have to do with them catching passes. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a, full, a full speed contact practice, but, you know, one thing I did pick up as I was kind of watching the starting offense go from team period to team period, you know, the first one was more of a, a pass. They were only doing passes, a lot of play action stuff, they weren't handing off at all. The last period they were all together, it was primarily run. We saw a lot of, first of all, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting getting um, the carries, and, and he wasn't getting a lot of the pass down work. I think that's actually kind of notable, um, only really working in with, with the run game. But what I wanted to note about the receiver, Serta, was, you know, Sky Moore is running a lot with the first team, um, you know, uh, during the pass downs. But it, it, it did kind of seem like Rice was kind of maybe playing more uh, more and more kind of in that slot role that Sky was occupying. Um, in the starting offense, again, which without Tony, you know, they could, have, they could have things switched around with the starting receivers, who's playing where. But, you know, what I want to get to is, is that Rice, they might, they might very much value Rice's uh, blocking ability. You know, he kind of is a bigger build for a receiver, right? And and, they, and I saw them use him for kickout blocks in some of their traditional zone split runs where, you know, you, you kind of leave that end alone and, and someone comes and kicks him out. They've done that with tight ends. They've done that with bigger receivers like Juju or MBS. That could, be, that's, that could be where Rice maybe makes an impact on the field. And, and that's just something that you can't really expect Sky to do too much of, right? He just doesn't have that same build. And so that could be something as we get into the season where if you notice maybe, you know, the team in a maybe a heavier run script or, you know, the, there, there's a, a very, you know, a, a defense more susceptible to the run, you know, Rice's blocking ability in that slot position might be more valued than, than Tony or Sky, whoever's kind of playing that, that slot role. Because I do think Sky might be playing more of the Z the outside position. Once we kind of get into the season, I
0: I think that's an interesting point because I, I mean, how many times have we talked about like Justin Watson and and right. him as a blocking wide receiver and like that's and that's part of why the Chiefs just exactly. like love what he does. It's it's an important aspect uh, for wide receivers to be able to do that in the modern day NFL, and it's something that kind of goes overlooked a lot and. Yeah, Rasheed Rice absolutely fits that build. Like he is a bigger body wide receiver. That's why they drafted him. They wanted a bigger guy like that. And he can absolutely do that for the Chiefs. And, you know, you got to earn the right to get the ball from Patrick Mahomes. But if you're doing all of the small things, then early on, especially as a rookie, that's how you can get on the field. So I think that's really interesting uh, about Rasheed Rice.
1: And it's a really good point from you, Ron. Well and, and and real quick too, because the Justin Ross hype, like I, you know, I am I am someone that you know, Pete put him on the projection. So that, you know, I'm I I am with it, you know, I'm with the Justin Ross thing. But the, the one thing is that, you know, he is gonna be a very perimeter heavy receiver on the outside. He's not gonna be, you know, someone that they align ever really in the slot to do much, you know, of the slot work that they ask of their receivers. That's the thing with Rice, man. For his size, you know, something I may be underestimated. They're giving him a jet, jet sweep looks at times, right? And 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 again, I mentioned these blocking schemes. You know, they have they they can only ask of that of guys that can line up in the slot and that, and that can actually be a threat from the slot. They can't they can't just put Justin Ross, even if he is a good blocker, right? Because he is this big dude. He probably is a good blocker. I I haven't made a note of it. They can't put him in the slot because you're not fooling anybody. He's not going to be making plays from the slot. He's an outside receiver. Rice is a slot guy. He's just kind of more of a power slot. And so that's I, can, I can, kind of think the note there, too, is that Rice is so versatile. Um, you know, even if Ross is, a, you know, a, a pretty dominant blocker, too, which I could see him being, you know, he's not a slot player like Rice can be. And that's where the, uh, they really need the blocking position. We love a good power slot at Arrowhead Pride. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, He's Ron Cop.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at Ron underscore Cop. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Follow all of our incredible training camp coverage at ArrowheadPride.com. Again, Chiefs are off tomorrow. No practice on Sunday. So we'll be back on Monday after Chiefs training camp practice. If you're listening to us on the podcast page, I, I want to remind you to stick around after the break. We'll hear from Special Teams Coordinator Dave Tobe, Safety Justin Reed, Linebacker Leo Chenal, and Rookie Tackle Wanye Morris. After that, uh, we finally got an off day, Kansas City. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday.
2: Welcome
0: back in the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. After practice on Saturday, we heard from special teams coordinator Dave Tobe, safety Justin Reed, linebacker Leo Chanel, and tackle Wanya Morris. We'll go in that order, starting with Dave Tobe.
3: Uh, you know, some of the young guys like Nick Jones, and um, you know, just all the other, you know, all the other dudes, all the other. Uh... Oh you know, uh, he he's, he's, he's coming on especially recently um you know the thing about him you know he's not a real big guy so you wonder how he's going to hold up we got him at gunner so we're going to see him in there and he's going to have to use his speed to be able to get out on guys to, to be able to run but he can he's got the top end speed uh but the big question is is is, is he going to play bigger than he actually is because he's about 177 pounds um you know he's kind of slight but you know but we, we've had guys that been that been that small like Came on and became good players for us, so it's not impossible. Now unfortunately, down, you like right now for Gunner early on? Right now, right now we got Watson, uh, Watson and Williams. Those are our two Gunners right now. Um, you know, going forward, uh, hopefully some of these young guys. You know, maybe Bordeaux, You know, maybe he comes through. Uh, you know, and Watson, the, the, the wide receiver, and, uh, Ross, the other wide receiver. I mean, all those guys all have a shot. They're all going to get reps. But we'll start off with those two. I saw a
4: that
3: the one the other day. How
4: realistic to
3: you are able to there? Yeah, I mean, uh, that's part of the Gunner job. I mean, you know, in the pooch area, you know, you don't get doubled a lot. You have eight guys in the box, so you're singled up. You get out and run, and, and then your job is to go down and make a play on the ball when Tommy hangs it up. So uh, that's what we were working on that day, and you know, he's he's got that skill. Yep. Could you, could you sacrifice some strategy to see, uh, like a kick return instead of fair catching it. Uh... Yeah, we're not going to fair catch, not not in the preseason. You know, if they kick the they kick the ball to us and we can get our hands on it, we want to return it. We want to find out what we got. We got to find out who can block, you know, and, and, and who's can who can return. I'm sure they're thinking the same thing, you know. So, and, and then a kickoff, we're going to kick it to them so we can evaluate our kickoff team. So, you won't see a lot of fair catches in the preseason. I don't think across the board. You know, it's going to be hard to evaluate, you know, is, is the fair catch rule good or not during the preseason. It's not going to really come into play until the regular season, I don't think. It was reported that the NFL uh, is going to look at the NFL's kickoff, uh, how they do their kickoff. One, are you familiar with it or two, what are your thoughts about it? Yeah, and I was you know, on, I was like, on like? a committee, I was on a, a nine-person committee that went up and, and we were trying to, convince them not to use the fair catch rule, you know, and uh, we didn't do a good job of it because they ended up getting passed anyway, but uh, we looked at that. They, they showed us that, and it's, you know, it's a viable option. I mean, it's something that down the road it could, we could end up doing. I kind of I kind of like it in a way if we did go to it because it's 100% returns. So, you're coach, you know, you're coaching returns, the and then you're going to get returns. So, you know, but that could be the negative thing, too, that there is a lot of returns. There could be more injuries. So, you know, the whole idea of it is that guys are a lot closer together, not running, you know, the space. Uh, you know, the thing is not there. It's, you're, you're close together, and it's, you know, it's but it's 100% return. So. Couple more. Nice. Thank you, guys. Hey, nice. I guess we're using this system, I may have
2: mentioned it before, but how. The hell... Uh, complicated with it to learn for you but also now that you're year into it, how easy is it for you do? Oh yeah, night and day. From training camp last year to this year, just night and day on, just the speed of play. Um, not out there thinking, just out there playing. Uh, know what all the responsibilities are, know what my teammates are doing, help get, help get guys organized, just go out on the field and play. Uh, definitely a little bit of a learning curve to it. You know, Some of the young guys and some of the new players are feeling that a little bit. Um, but we have such a close-knit locker room that, like, our room is all about helping each other learn it faster so guys ask questions we answer them we try and pull guys along as fast as we can um, and just through as many reps as we get out here on the practice field uh, they'll get better at it this time goes on. Uh, you seeing a lot more from teammates that a lot
4: of that the that we're on the net,
2: you've seen a lot more how this are they the a whole lot a whole lot I mean across the board I mean we watched the film from this time last year to right now especially with the first team group just not nearly as many bus windows are tight you know I know like um previous training camps used to be that you know if the offense wasn't scoring a lot of points that it used to be because maybe the offense had a bad day. But this year the defense is playing well too. You know what I mean? So we're trying to make it hard on our offense. We give them a lot of looks. They give us a lot of looks and it's competitive and it's back and forth every day. <laughs> He, 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 he oh, there's, there's no there's no better preparation We're going against the best offense in the NFL Every day, day in and day out We're getting their best shot, we're giving them our best shot um, Me getting them bad man coverage against Kelsey every day I mean, shoot, I feel like the game should be easy You know, going against a Hall of Famer like that So uh, it's a lot of fun um, we're competitive. We all work on each other, try and get each other better, show each other where we might have uh, made an error at. Like sometimes I coach him up, hey, you know, I did this, you probably could have did this. He lets me know, hey, I did this, you probably should have did that. And, you know, we get better from it. Just
4: going to have to ask,
2: um, you said you wanted to battle through Franklin and Jess. Nah, that has occurred? What, uh, yeah, be careful what, what you I wish can. for. Be <laughs> <laughs> careful what you wish for. He's 2-0 oh on me. What happened? Uh, man, again, the guy's a solid player, man. So a solid pair. Uh, I was a little bit aggressive in the opening, mm-hmm. you know, try to take advantage of him, and he was able to counter me, win some pieces, and uh, just hold out until the end. So he's a good player. What does that do for you guys? Um, so he's a
4: newcomer, and obviously this is your second year on the road. Well,
2: the cool thing about St. Joe's is, you know, You know, you come out and you're away from your family and everything, that's always tough. But the nice thing about being with the team is everybody's in the same place at the same time all day. You know, we eat breakfast together, we eat lunch together, we eat dinner together. Um, We get to hang out together, get to know your teammates. Um, I know a lot more guys on this team from being here in St. Joe's, being around each other, than I did in Houston just because you spend so much time together. You know, it's almost like college-esque, you know, in the way that you just hang out with your guys and you have fun. I mean, there's there's a rock, paper, scissors competition going around the locker room yesterday Day, you know, so it's just guys just like to have fun Um, Man, the, the, the biggest thing is once just make sure you're sharp you want to get out there You want to you don't want your first play on a live game live tackling to be actually the first name of the season I believe and you want to at least have a drive um, Somewhere in each game so that way you can get ready, mentally prepare, get your pre-game process right on what your routine is gonna be that year with whatever you need to work on. And then secondly, it's just helping the young players and new players um, go out there and have fun and ball because you know, a lot of those guys aren't just playing for us, they're playing for every team in the league that's watching. And you wanna help them go out and have a good performance too. How
4: is that different
2: from your, from your um, you know, funny you said that. So my rookie year The first game I played preseason was right here in Kansas City at Arrowhead, and the first guy I guarded was Travis. Kelsey, and he caught like a 12-yard, 14-yard curl on me. Uh, I always remember that, you know. So, um, you know, rookie year is all about, you know, proving yourself to the team, showing the team what you have. The playbook is going to be very simple on game day. It's going to be very generic across the board. Um, You just want guys to go out and play fast and see what they can do, you know, in a live setting. So um, the difference now is, you know, you know you're going to be starting. You want to make sure you're getting into the health, and you want to make sure your routines are right and that you're ready to go.
3: Just
0: do you sense a different swagger from the defense this year? You guys so many first year players last year, and this is a really good
3: offense you're going against every day. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. guys are just confident, man. Like, we we're, we're hard on each other as far as, like, the level of execution that we know we need to be to be a high-caliber defense. You know, we got a, a great leader in Nick um, leading the middle of the forward in the field, making all the calls, getting guys in the right positions. And then we got guys that buy into Spag system and play the defense well. Just we got
0: Leo a little bit earlier, just
2: what's your take on how he's progressed year year? Oh, yeah. Leo Leo's probably the, the most swole linebacker I've ever met in my life. <laughs> you know, a guy looks like he eats bench plates for breakfast, you know, but. Um, he's been developing well, he moves around in our playbook, he's able to play all the linebacker positions um... Guys is probably one of our best get hands on guys, people as far as throwing guys at the line and really being disruptive, um, getting up in the gap. So he's a developing player that's playing really well right now. We're
3: going to do three more. We'll go Darren, Matt, and Ace. Yeah, I just wanted to talk for you to talk about the success of your summer uh, tech camp and what you hope the youth, the youth get from. Often.
2: Oh, yeah. So um really excited about that. It was our first season doing it. Um, had about 20 kids come in, do computer science programs, some cybersecurity stuff. Um, and you know, there's hidden messages. Messages in the way that we organize it, and that we want to only—we not only want to teach computer science because we think that that's a skill, but the hidden—the hidden skills that we're teaching is we slip in some entrepreneur, um, business model stuff about money management and things like that to help them with just life skills. And also, the big reason why I like computer science so much is it develops problem-solving skills because everyone likes to hire somebody that knows how to solve problems. You know, not just complain about problems but can solve problems themselves. And computer science has. Um, Gets kids thinking in an analytical way to systematically approach problems and try a new skill that they haven't tried before to kind of boost their confidence and trying something they haven't done before. That's the reason why I like doing it. It doesn't matter if the kids actually end up majoring in computer science or not, but they develop some skills and develop some confidence in learning new things along the way. And we like to have entrepreneurs also come in and speak about how what they're learning in this class, if they do go this route, could translate directly into a career field down the road. So um, we learned a lot ourselves running it for the first time. We're going to incorporate some new things and continue to build it and um, you know, try and help as many kids as possible. With all the talk going on, are you guys talking about it in front of the the dorms and the locker room? Pac-12 is getting destroyed right now. Oh, yeah, You, you doing know.
3: Doing
2: yeah, yeah I, that's a that's a good question. I don't know where they're going to go. Uh, Feels like I feel like it's going to end up being a four conference team. They got four playoff teams. Maybe they push it to eight down the road, but I feel like it's going to be a four conference team, four playoffs, probably similar to the NFL. Two divisions, of North and South, or East and West, and you know you're just battling for those four spots. It's probably the way that I see it going. So it's just one wondering how things are going to end up getting split between um, Pac-12, Big Ten, um, Big 12, ACC. The Pac-12 concert will probably be a lot of Big Ten and Big 12. Um, maybe Stanford goes independent like Notre Dame, but Notre Dame is technically ACC now when it comes to football. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the wild, wild west. Do you have any wish for Stanford? <laughs> Just to win. <laughs> 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 Just to win.
0: Honey? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Um, last thing, Justin, I don't know if you saw, but it, it appeared that Patrick threw a behind-the-back
2: pass in the, one of the 10-10-10 periods. Uh, hey, yeah. Did you see it? In- I didn't see it, but it did not surprise me. You know, he slips, in, he slips in new stuff all the time. You know, I saw him pregame more. Of, he was trying a, a cross-body left-handed throw, you know, so he, he keeps it fun and tries new things. All right, thanks, Justin. Yeah. Okay. appreciate you guys.
3: to yourself just when the plays are called even Practice one or two next week's games that will be more active versus reactive to
5: play call. Yeah, it's it's really night and day this year. Um, just having that whole off season, even the longer season in the NFL, it's like you know you you start to feel those things that you would feel after you know a year or whatever in college because it's so much longer. And you know entering into this season, this off season, I've kind of been more able to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing for the most part. Now let's you know let's work on the little things like technique, like those little things I, I wouldn't be able to work on before. I now can because you know I'm not stressing about, like, oh, shoot, is that my job? Like, where, where's my guy at? So it's all more, you know, a lot, lot better, like, television on what I'm doing.
4: In that line, you feel like you're getting used maybe in a few different positions than maybe a year ago, especially in, like, specific cases? Like, I see you lining up a lot on the line uh, outside, maybe it was more like a cat's rushing situation.
5: Yeah, yeah, Coach Spaggs, you know, is having us having us try out you know different positions on the line, dropping from inside the line as you know, it's that Joker role. So you know, we're just trying to get better day you know, day in day out with that. You know, it's something an unfamiliar position to be in. You know, as off ball linebacker, you know, Willie and I have kind of been taking that role of you know, getting on the line and rushing. So you know, guy like him, he's got he's got a ton of speed. So you know, just learning from each other, learning from you know guys guys like George. You know, that's that's been really nice.
3: Does the defense seem better? I know last year you were just trying to take care of yourself. But does this defense look like you are playing ahead? Maybe you're ahead of where you were a year ago?
5: Yeah, I think so. You know, you got all these rookies, um, you know, the rookies that we were last year. Going into the season, you know, how heavily we contributed last year. You know, like like I talked about, having that confidence in our job. And, you know, so we're that much better. You know, I think we're playing a lot faster. Um, we're communicating a lot better than when we were before last year. Did you, did you see
4: the report, Leo, about... She writes going up on the first day and did it have like flashbacks to your own experience about just what camp does to you
5: from being in shape to getting full football shape? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure, man. Like when I heard about that, I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's my guy right there. Uh, you know, it's uh, you got all those nerves too. Like a lot of people like think, like assume, oh, he's out of shape. But you got the nerves on top of that, you know, hundred degree heat. Rookies taking all the snaps. Like, you know, it's you know maybe a mix of both, but you know it's tough. It comes at you quick, and you know he, he adjusted really well. A lot better than I did. Yeah. you
4: of yourself um, in this camp and you compare it to last year, what are some ways that you're noticing? Okay, I'm, I'm growing in this capacity. Um, you know, I I look, I
5: look at myself, you know, just you know looking at practice, watching film of um, OTAs into training camp here. I think I'm. Getting a lot better. Actually, like looking and turning and seeing routes, opening up my vision instead of. You know, last year I, I came from a defense. You know, we were kind of locked in on the quarterback's eyes. You know, we check here and there, but now we're more of a pattern match team. And I'm getting more comfortable in that scheme. So I'm able to see those. You know, the patterns and w- what the QB wants to go at, like the timing of routes, a lot better. And you know, I emphasized a lot of hit mobility um, this off season. You know, work on stuff like that, so I can you know get more food and coverage. So. Yeah. I kind of just pulled from, you know, trainers at, you know, Exos, I trained, um, you know, strength coaches back in Wisconsin, um, a, lot, a lot of different stuff like that. A couple more over here. In the, in the back.
4: Yeah, this is a brilliant daily second year with you guys in the linebacker room. I just wonder where you see maybe progression for him and what he might be asking you guys to sort of keep the defensive advanced yeah i mean he's
5: he's he's a great coach uh he's he's one of the best like constructive criticism like type coaches i've ever been like around it makes it makes the guys so much more like confident in themselves ready to go um really great on the rookies um you know he spends he sends so much detail He, he really cares um you know about us but yeah he's he's pushing us every day though like don't get me wrong He's not soft, so he, he's getting hard on us every day, um, you know, really really honing in our techniques and stuff like that. When I
4: said, you, you, you say constructive criticism, what's one thing that comes to mind where you felt like this was constructive and now you see the results? Um, you know, a lot, a
5: lot of times, you know, coaches can get be in that position where, you know, they're, you know, it's their job. They, they, they look bad if we look bad, you know, type deal. It's, they feel it's on them. So, you know, there, there's little techniques, say like a, we call it a stud technique, getting up on the line and pressing. Um, you know, get angry. You mess up that in a game, you're going to get angry. You, you know, it's, it's hurting the team. So he, he takes us to the side and realizes all the pressure that's coming in on us on a game. It's like, okay, the well, last thing you want to do is yell at a kid and, you know, have him kind of freak out. And that's all he's thinking about Get that technique right, technique right for the run, and then all of a sudden, oh shoot, he overextends, and now it's a pass. And so he, he really he calms us down. He gets us, you know, ready to go and ready for the next play. I'm back here. I'm
3: going to ask you this as a former Badger. What do you think that uh, the Big Ten adds two more schools? It's going to
4: be. it may even have more. What, what do you think about all this growth?
5: And, you know, Big Ten. You know, it's always always that uh, you know hard hitting football, run game, high formation, fourteen T T T T T personnel. Um, so we might see a little change here. Um, you know, that's that's always good though. You know, opening up, playing um, playing play different uh, schemes like that. But uh, no, I'm really excited to see where it's going, and you I know, look forward to watching. Thanks,
6: uh,
4: guys. Thanks for Appreciate you guys.
6: Back and forth. And how's your you uh, just first of all being with those ones is it's fun, you know. You get to get the feel of the game, the real speed of the game, and then you know you get to go play with Pat and Trav and stuff like that. You know, uh, those are leader of men, and so every time you in that huddle, they expect the best, expect excellence. So it's just been great being pushed by those guys and being able to see what they're doing Sundays and try to replicate that.
4: Probably. Uh, guess I say, you know, you can push about the four positions,
6: but how is it in the practice? Left to right. I just—I'm so used to it, so it's just like it's like second nature, really. So I just—I just do whatever he does to
4: do. Uh,
6: Like every kid, it's a dream come true. Uh, you dream about days like this, and to actually go out with them and actually do it—it's a dream come true. It's very what's the word? What's the word? What the fuck? Good word. <laughs> It's very breathtaking, like, Being able to step out there on that field and just go out there and compete with my brothers and just show show everything I got, you know, because it's not done till it's done. I ain't made the victory yet, so I gotta go out there and ball. What do you want to take away from it, though? Uh, experience. It's a Monday experience. If I lose, get back out there and do it again. See what I did wrong, watch the film, correct it, and be a better me each and every day. I mean, you're
4: one of my
6: coaching with Andy Hack. What are some of the points that he's continually emphasizing? Uh, just continue to. Push to learn. You never, you can never know too much. Uh, always harping on technique, because that's a big thing. Um, people are gonna have talent at this time, day and age in the NFL. Uh, it's not about talent; it's how hard you work and how consistent can you be. So that's my thing: just being consistent, working hard, and just keeping things firm. Last time we
4: were up here, Phillips he was here, and he's kind of jeering from the back. What are the one on ones that we've seen out there in Langham? Like, uh... Uh, definitely competitive. Like I said,
6: each and every time, me and Phyllis gonna get out there and push each other every time. You know, it's that's our thing. That's what we do. He push him. I push. He push me. It's a, it's an ongoing fight. So that's what we work on every day to just make each other each other better. The last time we talked to you, you were looking forward to playing with the bench. What's it been like? Uh, fast. You gotta get off the ball. I mean, they get off the ball. <laughs> so like that's that's one thing I learned. Is just like. Just really just being prepared, knowing what knows going to come, and just being able to get off the ball, because that's one of the biggest things. If you just get off the ball, that's half the fight right there. So
4: that's that was my biggest thing: just get off the ball and be prepared. Okay, um, I'm not sure if you saw it today, but it appeared that Patrick threw a behind-the-back pass. Um, so I guess you'll see that on film. Uh, I like, <laughs> I'm I just wondering from an offensive lineman standpoint. Obviously, you're worried about the guy in front of you, yeah. the protection scheme. You can't really see what Pat's doing until after practice. What's it been like to, whether it's you've been on the field or just observing? What's it like to watch practice? You know, practice of Pat doing things that are you know unusual compared to
6: most quarterbacks. Uh, he's definitely a magician. Uh, that, that's insane. I'll go back and watch film and see it, but oh man, I didn't even know he did that you know. As Officer Lyman, you're not looking at the ball. We have to assume and know where the ball is at all times without seeing it. So to go back and watch him do that, it's breathtaking because not everybody does that it's Just like for it to be so accurate behind the back, like that's insane. Let's be real, like <laughs> nobody could do
4: that. Last couple, uh, so, I think it was before practice really got started. You had grabbed the camera, still camera, and we're taking maybe some photos. So, like, two-part question: Is number one, is that sort of a thing you like to do? Maybe keep it light, keep it, uh, fun. And number two, are you going to put all of us out of the job? <laughs>
6: Indubitably. Uh. <laughs>
4: nah.
6: Uh, I, I just like to have a little fun. Uh, the camera's always cool. I like being in front of it, behind it. Uh, you just never know. Uh, I like to see if I still got some skills. You never know. If that's a hobby I like to take a left-hander, you never, you never really know. But put you out of a job, nah. Y'all, I can never put you out of a job. Y'all do way better than me. <laughs> Thank you. Last one,
3: anyone? All right, thanks,
6: Vaughn. Thank you. Thank you.